Late that afternoon, Daisy boarded a bus for Nick's. Staring out the window, she gazed blindly at the passing scenery and allowed the gentle rocking, the monotonous stops and starts, to lull her into a drowsy, near-hypnotic state. Unbidden, her mind began to wander. If there was one thing she had learned in her 28 years, it was that men don't stick around. Growing up, it had mostly been her and Mama. The men who'd come and gone in their modest house in the suburbs had seemed more like visitors than anything resembling family. She supposed her father qualified as family, but he had traveled almost constantly, and besides, he'd taken a hike when she was nine years old. Mama had often touted herself as a woman who needed a man to feel complete. You'll understand, baby, when you're a little older, she used to say. But Daisy never did quite grasp the concept. From everything she'd observed, it simply meant that a woman set herself up to spend the majority of her life feeling incomplete. For instance, her mother had married again when Daisy was 11, but Papa Ray had already been gone by the time she turned 12. The summer following her 16th birthday, her mother was romanced right off her feet by Nick's father, Dale Coltrane, and their life got swept up into something entirely different. At first, Daisy truly believed that her lifelong yearning for a stable family with a father who stayed and siblings she could call her own had come true. She was still a cockeyed optimist then. She and Mama didn't belong in the Coltrane's world, though, and boy, did those who did ever rush to point it out. She'd never realized there were so many ways in which they could fail to measure up. The criticism was constant, but always handled with an exquisite politeness and subtleness that was difficult to defend against. That never stopped Daisy from trying, of course, which was simply another mark against her. While she railed against the snobbery, Mama desperately tried to fit in. The sibling aspect didn't work out quite the way Daisy had hoped, either. Mo was kind and friendly, and willing to take Daisy under her wing. But she was five years older and had her own interests and friends. And Nick was mostly a muscular back that Daisy saw leaving whatever room she entered. On the rare occasions they were thrown together, he treated her like an amusing pest from a foreign country. And before Daisy had the chance to turn him into the brother she'd always wanted, their parents' marriage had ended in unspeakable ugliness. At first, it wasn't anything Daisy hadn't heard before. Bitter voices behind closed doors, cold silences, half-stifled weeping, but then Dale, with deliberate cruelty, took it to a depth she didn't understand to this day. He vilified her mother in the press and destroyed her reputation. It paid to be rich and have even richer friends, she supposed, for how else could he have sold the tabloid such a patently untrue story about Mama's alleged lurid sexual practices with the heir of the Campman winery, who was supposed to be his good friend? Campman's strident denials and solicitous comforting of Mama, which had been captured by tabloid photographers, just lent credence to the stories which Dale's testimony alone might have lacked. By the time the marriage was over, 
Daisy had come to realize she was never going to be a part of a Cosby-type family. She had no control over that, but she did vow that she would never repeat her mother's mistakes. She believed that somewhere out there was a man she could depend upon 100% to love her until death did them part. And at the age of 17, she swore to save herself for him.